Welcome to the Here to Evolve podcast. I'm Josh. And I'm Alessandra. And in this podcast, we take topics from both health and fitness, as well as the business side of things. We run two businesses, SD Evolution and Fit Coach Pro, and have a pretty unique perspective because we've had a lot of success, but we are not quite at the top of the food chain yet. Our mission is to help break down these topics so you can learn in an easy to digest manner and apply them into your daily life. In today's episode, I am doing a little solo Q&A talking about all things pregnancy fitness. I put up a little question box on my stories last week and I did answer some of these in our weekly email newsletter. So if you guys want more quality educational content delivered to your inbox. We completely revamped our newsletter um, starting this Friday. It will be sent out once a week, every Friday. Um, it will just consider consist of different topics. So I took this week sharing some more pregnancy fitness stuff, um, but every week our coaches will cycle through and educate you on a topic of their choosing. So if you are not on the email list yet, I will put the link in the description in the show notes here. So click, it's free. Promise we will not spam you. But let's dive into it. Lots to cover today. This will be all things just pregnancy fitness, what the research says, what you should do, what you shouldn't do, just providing you hopefully with some clarity because I know this topic can be very confusing. There is just so much out there as far as just not factual information, especially still coming from doctors. So I dug through a ton of research. For those who don't know, I have my pre and postnatal cert. I'm about halfway through working through a specific core certification, um, which I've been really enjoying. So more to come on that, but let's dive in. So first question, are there any moves you absolutely just should not do? And Right off the bat, in a general answer here, it's not as simple as you think. There isn't like a specific exercise that is totally off limits. It depends on a lot of things. So, you know, when it comes to what you should actually be avoiding, like most things, fitness, nutrition, if you listen to the podcast, you know, we give you guys very generic advice, but it really comes down to what makes sense for you in your lifestyle. And this applies for pregnancy as well. So something to keep in mind as you go through your pregnancy, if an exercise is causing things like coning or doming of the abdomen. So when, when you're doing a specific movement, it looks like there's a little, basically like a little mountain in the middle of your abdomen going down. Um, that's something that we want to avoid. We want to mitigate it as much as we can. It's not going to be avoided completely. This will often happen when you're not exercising, when you're, you know, coughing, sneezing. That's all ways that are increasing your intra-abdominal pressure. When you go to sit up from a lying position and kind of just do a full sit up in your bed, that can increase your intra-abdominal pressure. So we want to mitigate it as much as possible. Um, it's not going to necessarily make diastasis recti, which is that separation, worse because diastasis recti occurs in all pregnancies, right? So we can't avoid it. It's something that we shouldn't also fear because it's just... It's something that naturally happens because we have to make room for that growing baby, right? So that's something we want to mitigate. So if you see that happening when you're doing a specific movement, and I'll touch on this more in a further question, 
we want to figure out if we can scale that movement back, modify it, or completely swap it out. Um, if you have any pain, including pain in the common areas of your pelvis or your lower back or just honestly anywhere <laughs> during pregnancy, our ligaments and our joints are more flexible, if you will, um, just because of that relaxing hormone. So you might have pain in places that you didn't necessarily have pain before. So that's something to be aware of. Um, if you have incontinence, so you pee a little bit when you're lifting or exercising, that's a sign we should probably scale back or maybe cue you in a specific way to help you with that. And then the obvious things, if you get headaches or you're dizzy or lightheaded or you have calf pain, so things like that, you guys, you know your body. Your body is very smart. It will, it will tell you what's going on. So you just have to pay attention to really what feels good, what doesn't feel so great. Um, that's the basis of how you should navigate pregnancy and exercise and things that you should or should not do. Um, it may be time to either scale that exercise, like I said before, you modify it in some way, or your coach gives you cues. Um, if you're a coach yourself, there are certain things you can cue your clients on to help them perform that exercise more efficiently without pain, without that cone, coning or doming. Or if those two things are not helping, then we can swap that movement out for something else. The good news is that no exercises are mandatory for pregnancy and none are inherently bad. It just depends on your ability to perform it optimally without symptom. All right, next question. Lifting heavy in pregnancy per trimester. So some things we have to consider here. First of all, lifting heavy is relative, right? So what's heavy for me might not be heavy for you or it might be extremely heavy for you it depends and there's no one blanket statement which is why i dislike the advice that women should only lift 20 to 30 pounds throughout pregnancy like no we cannot generally state that to every woman across the world just not how it works so let's start with the first trimester obviously in the first trimester not much is happening when it comes to what your body looks like, right? For the most part, you don't really have a, a, a legitimate bump. You have a lot of bloat going on. Your digestion might be off. You're probably not feeling the best. Um, the biggest things here are you're fatigued and you're super exhausted. Some of us might be sick. Um, so these are all things to really consider when it comes to your workouts, when it comes to what, how much you can push, how much weight you can lift. Now, that's obviously going to be individual to each person, but there's no really things that you need to avoid or be afraid of in the first trimester. There's nothing that can cause miscarriage. You can still lay on your stomach. You can still lay on your back. You can still, for the most part, do things the way you've been doing them pre-pregnancy unless it doesn't feel good, right? So it's just a matter of being aware of how you feel, making sure you're resting. It's not the end of the world if you only work out twice per week in the whole first trimester and you're used to working out four to five times per week. It's 
a really hard trimester. It's honestly my least favorite out of all three. Um, and it's the hardest for me by far, as far as being consistent with workouts. So give yourself some grace and understand that just because it can look similar to how you were training pre-pregnancy doesn't mean that it's going to, because this is growing a baby in that early stage is really hard on your body. I mean, it's hard on your body throughout the whole time, but the first trimester is just rough. And if you're not eating the things that you normally eat, maybe your protein intake is like super lame. Maybe you haven't eaten a vegetable in eight weeks, all super common, nothing to be like ashamed over. You will be okay. Trust me. I think I ate one vegetable the entire first trimester with Kai. Um, different story this time around, but with Kai, it was rough and I'm okay. We made it. <laughs> So that's the first trimester. <clears throat> when it comes to the second trimester, a lot of us are getting our energy back. We're feeling a lot better, but your belly is start starting to grow at this point. Um, so some things to consider are really what feels comfortable. Your hormones, lots of things going on here. Um, there, again, isn't any hard yes or no. It depends on how certain movements feel. For a lot of people, this is where things like round ligament pain and pelvis pain start to make an appearance. So maybe single leg or unilateral movements just don't feel good. Maybe sprints on your treadmill don't feel good. Maybe running in general does not feel good. So you have to pay attention to what does feel good, what doesn't, and modify and assess things based on that. And then as we get into to the third trimester, we got a pretty significant belly at this point. Laying on your stomach probably is not comfortable or possible for any exercises that require you to do that. Again, the good news is no exercises are mandatory. There are tons of options of different movements that can hit the same muscle groups and provide you the same benefit. So avoid Laying on your stomach, avoid anything that's going to put a lot of pressure on your pelvic floor, causing that coning or doming. I'm just being cognizant, aware of that. And as you go through the third trimester, you really have to start to think of it more so as like a deload period, right? So you might not be able to lift as heavy um, just because you're carrying so much more weight right now. Your center of gravity is thrown off. All these things are important things to consider. So especially as you're nearing the end, it's okay to sort of scale things back as far as intensity, overall volume, even your frequency, how many days per week you train. It's all relative. It all depends on how you feel, but it's okay. Again, pregnancy is temporary. It is a season. You will get to the point where your body is yours again and you can do whatever the heck you want. Um, so just be smart and listen to it. Next question, exercises done on your back. So examples here, chest press, flies, core work, etc. Are they safe? This one is interesting because I still see a lot of this going around that this is unsafe. But what we have found um, when it comes to exercise and lying what we call supine on your back, this is really a myth. You can do this safely. And the idea that performing an exercise on your back in any trimester is unsafe stems from the recommendation that we should not be on our backs to avoid the added weight from the fetus pressing on 
one of our veins, so the inferior vena cava, which can then restrict blood flow back to the heart, which can be obviously detrimental to mom and baby. So we need oxygen, we need blood flow, understandable. But this recommendation, however, is for sleeping on our back or lying on your back for long periods of time, extended periods. Our bodies are very smart. Our bodies are very intuitive. So when this compression of the vein happens, we will then feel lightheaded. You will have symptoms. You will feel dizzy right away. So if this were to happen during exercise, you're going to have those warning signs. However, when we think about performing a bench press or chest fly or any core work on our back, we're usually doing that for like what? 30 seconds, a minute, maybe two minutes tops before we can take a rest and sit up or whatever, right? So it's a very acute period of time that likely is not going to impact you. But if it does, we have those warning signs from our body. And as with any exercise, not just the ones laying on your back, if you if you do start to feel lightheaded or dizzy or just not feeling good, that's when we stop. That's when we say, okay, I need a minute, rest. If it doesn't go away, you contact your doctor, but pay attention to what your body is telling you. There is no reason why we can't perform exercises on our back for those shorter periods. All right, this one is a very frequently asked one, a favorite. So she said, understood some exercises are off limits, but should there be a focus on heart rate? So using heart rate, what we have found, as a metric during pregnancy is not the most accurate on what's currently or honestly what's currently recommended. The outdated recommendation here was to keep your heart rate below 140 beats per minute in pregnancy, but we now know this is completely individual and that pregnancy naturally increases both our resting and exercise heart rates So we have better methods to track and monitor our intensity. What we recommend as pre- and postnatal coaches, as certified fitness professionals, is going by the talk test. If you don't know what the talk test is, basically, very simple. You don't even need a device for this. It's just you can, while you're exercising, whatever your mode of choice is, you can hold a conversation without completely gasping for air every few seconds. So yes, your heart rate's going to be up. Your breathing rate is going to be elevated, but you're not like literally gasping for air. Um, So a lot of you follow me on Instagram. You see my little run chats, right? So I'm running, I'm talking to you about something, I'm educating you about a topic, and I'm holding a conversation with you. That would be a good example of you know, my heart rate is up. You, oftentimes my heart rate's in the 140s or 150s during that, but I can still hold a conversation. So it's going to be individual. That's the best way for you to sort of figure out, you know, where you're at. And if you are gasping for air every few seconds, then you scale it back a little bit. Um, it's not anything to be concerned about. Um, you you can still push yourself through pregnancy. And there is also research showing that advanced and elite athletes who were regularly training 
at higher intensities before pregnancy, doing a lot of HIIT work, stuff like that, they may be able to handle continuing that through pregnancy too. So again, something to talk about with your doctor if that is you, but otherwise completely individual. Are there specific core exercises that I should avoid? Again, this is dependent on your ability to regulate that intra-abdominal pressure. There are pregnant women who are well into their second and third trimesters that I've coached who can still do things like sit-ups and crunches and maintain good core control. There are plenty who cannot. There are plenty who experience that doming or coning and even the most basic of movements. So it really does depend. And that is really the main indicator that we want to just, again, mitigate and be mindful of. And I think this topic is interesting because I'm sure a lot of you follow Tia Toomey. She's a CrossFit athlete. She is pregnant. I don't know how far along she is. I would say probably somewhere in her late second or early third trimester. Um, She's been posting her CrossFit open workouts. And the comment section is absolutely ridiculous slash just very entertaining to read because number one, you just see how uneducated people are about pregnancy and fitness. But number two, in these 15, 30 second clips that she's posting, she is showing some abdominal coning and doming and people are losing their minds. Um, So I wanted to touch on this and give my opinion here because we know, first of all, number one, that coning and doming and exercise specifically does not necessarily worsen diastasis recti. That is based on research. However, we also know and we can presume Again, this is not based on any research, but we can presume and argue that when we have that coning or doming visible, that pressure is not managed and it can potentially impact our pelvic floor. However, with somebody like Tia, she is an Olympian. She is an elite CrossFit athlete. She probably has the best of the best team surrounding her in every area. I would highly, I would be very confident to say that she has a pelvic floor therapist. Um, You know, people around her know what's going on. We're only seeing a 15 to 30 second clip of her day, of her workout. We have no idea what she is or isn't doing the rest of her day. So it's unfair to judge her for that, I think. Um, and I think it's also risk versus reward, right? It's her decision. It is her body. She knows what her body is capable of. Um, and the other side of it, there's people kind of saying that, well, yes, you know, it's her decision. She should still be educating on the topic of coning and doming and pelvic floor and the importance of that in pregnancy. And I disagree Because, again, she is a CrossFit athlete. She is an Olympian. It is not her job to educate us on her body during pregnancy. And she also is not qualified to. 
So the issue that we have with social media right now from a fitness professional perspective is there are a lot of people out there who are not qualified to give advice on certain topics. Um, And we want that advice from professionals in the industry. So I don't think it is her duty or responsibility to educate us on that. And if that's a choice that she wants to make in her training during pregnancy, she is free to do that as well. So just my two cents there. But that was not a question. That was just me ranting about (laughs) the current uh, pregnancy fitness population on Instagram. All right, next question. Midwife and OB still claiming I cannot lift over 20 pounds. Calling a new practice Monday morning. Love it. Love to hear it. There is no factual evidence behind the idea that we cannot lift over 20 pounds in uncomplicated pregnancies. So if your OB is saying that, red flag, doesn't hurt to find a new one who is up to date on the most recent research. Does taking progesterone supplements affect BBT, basal body temperature? This is not really related to fitness, but I'm going to answer it. Um, I personally did not notice it impacting anything, but something to keep in mind with your basal body temperature in pregnancy is if you're somebody who tracks your cycle, this is why we're, we're taking your temperature. Um, once you get pregnant, it's essentially an extension of your luteal phase. So your temperature stays up throughout the entire first trimester, and then it starts to drop. Um, for me, it had a noticeable drop at like 11, right before 12 weeks actually. Um, and it's kind of freaky because you're like, shoot, am I about to start bleeding? What's going on? But that's just in my experience and talking to friends who are also pregnant and track that, that's just how your body responds to pregnancy. Can you work out even if you weren't working out prior to getting pregnant? So yes, with permission from your doctor, this is now something that the ACOG does recommend and that does include lifting weight. So if you were not somebody who exercised pre-pregnancy, you can start during pregnancy. And the important thing here to note is you have to approach it efficiently and ease into it. So if you were not doing anything prior to getting pregnant, you're going to be best off by starting at a lower intensity. So that means how much weight you're lifting. Lower frequency, how many days per week you're working out. So if you're at zero, maybe we start with one or two and then we build up from there. And then I would also recommend you do this under the guidance of a qualified professional to ensure you're progressing optimally, you're doing things safely, all of that. Okay, next question. Many of my friends are worried that pregnancy will ruin their bodies. And then she wrote, this is a myth. I'm stronger now as a mom. And I could not agree more. Honestly, I think I've achieved my best external and internal physique after having Kai, which I feel definitely has made me more mindful this pregnancy. I think, you know, going into anything for the first time, it can be scary. Um, And I think just with what we've been, I guess, taught and preached to growing up about 
pregnancy weight gain and just being so focused on weight in general, it can be scary to think about gaining weight and putting on some body fat when you get pregnant, but that's part of the process. That is how our bodies grow babies and you are not, uh, I guess, doomed for the rest of your life after pregnancy because I know plenty of people who have gotten their strongest or fittest or fastest after having babies, which is awesome. Honestly, I feel like as a mom, you almost just have this super strength, right? You have this this drive in you and this push to be better because it's not just about you anymore. You are living and filling your cup for yourself, but also to be your best self for the tiny humans you've created. And that's badass. All right. Experience lifter, five weeks pregnant, feeling fine, train as normal, or decrease your weight on compounds, compound lifts. So like squat, bench, deadlift. Um, you know, if you're five weeks, that's still super early. You're probably not feeling anything much yet. And if you want to train as normal, you are completely safe to do so. You don't have to decrease weight. There's nothing that can cause miscarriage. Exercise does not cause miscarriage specifically in the first trimester or any. Um, so it's, it's not anything you have to be super concerned about at all. What's the deal with stuff not going over your head while pregnant? So this is also stemming from just old school data and old school mentality where people just weren't sure what pregnant women could handle. So I think it really just stems from the idea that we are weak and fragile and cannot put anything over our head. There's no current research or standing supporting this. Um, I did push presses this morning. You are fine. How hard should you push yourself in your workouts? Can't tell if I'm doing too much or too little. This is, I will say, honestly, the most challenging thing when you are pregnant for the first time because it's like you just aren't sure how much to actually push. Um, So assuming we're discussing intensity of resistance training here, we use the rate of perceived exertion chart. So it's a scale from one to 10 to assess this, whether you're pregnant or not. This is what we use as coaches. Um, If you follow our app programming or one-on-one programming, we put RPE in there for you to sort of gauge how much you should be pushing, essentially. So on the scale of one to 10, 10 is obviously max effort. Like you cannot do one more rep. We want our pregnant athletes to be around, and this is a very general guideline, but generally we want our pregnant athletes to be around a six to seven RPE for most exercises. With that said, there has been some newer research, and I referenced this on Instagram yesterday, supporting pregnant women lifting heavier loads closer to 80 to 85% of their one rep max, which is awesome. We love that there is research being done on this. Um, There's still much more to go as far as this is just a new area that 
we are focusing on and able to research on. Um, I will link that study specifically in the show notes for you guys because it's just amazing. But I think they looked at like 679 CrossFit athletes. Um, and they these were people who volunteered and people who were already planning on training this way despite there being a research study or not. So these were just general population recreational lifters um, lifted at 80% of their one rep max throughout their pregnancies, and there was only benefits to both mom and baby. So it does depend on your training history and what feels best for you right now on all fronts. Um, So again, it's individual. Some days you're going to be able to push more. Some days you're not. It Honestly, pregnancy fluctuates so much based on hormones and just like what you're doing, how you feel, fatigue, um, whether or not your baby's going through a growth spurt inside of you. So there's lots to factor in here. But again, going back to question number one, assessing how your body is feeling, listening to your body. If you feel like you can push a little bit more that day, you probably know where that line is for yourself. Um, So I would just keep all of those things in mind, but know that we don't have to necessarily scale back so, 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 so much during pregnancy because we're just fearful of intensity in general. And I think we have two more questions. So first one, a pelvic floor PT told me the Valsava during lifts is bad while you're pregnant. So for those who don't know what this is, Valsava maneuver is essentially when you are bracing and holding your breath through a heavy-ish lift. So in a squat, I have the bar loaded on my back. I'm taking a big deep breath in, increasing that intra-abdominal pressure in my belly, holding my breath as I squat, and then either releasing and exhaling as I stand or after the lift is complete at the top. This is something that we learned as a power lifter, if you're just a lifter in general, it's I think it's taught at most CrossFit gyms. Okay, so that's what it is. Um, is it bad? So the interesting thing is we used to think so. However, the study I just referenced in the last question actually had all of those women performing Valsava while they were lifting and there, there was no adverse effects, right? So they actually had improved symptoms compared to those who did not lift as heavy in their pregnancies, like compared to the general population, which is really cool. Um, So again, it's one of those things that you just kind of have to figure out if if you're comfortable with it. I personally have been doing it this pregnancy so far, and I always feel fine. Um, It's, I, I think the initial concern for that is that you're holding your breath, right? We know our baby needs oxygen. We need oxygen. Um, But again, it's a very acute period of you holding your breath. We're talking like a second or two here, right? So it's something that you have to sort of weigh the pros and cons for yourself. Is it something you feel comfortable with? But I just thought that it was interesting that the current research said there was no adverse effects to it so keep that in mind um 
but of course listen to the people that you hire and hopefully the people that you hire whether it be a pelvic floor pt or a coach or your doctor whoever they are you have to trust them and if you if you feel like you can't trust them and you just don't feel like you fully align with them it's okay to change it's probably better to change last question can you train abs while in the first trimester and I feel like I've touched on this a little bit, um, but I wanted to include this question because training abs and training your core, I view them as two different things. So a lot of people out there view training abs as doing movements to train your abdominals to get abs or to get a six pack. We all have abs. It's just a matter of how much body fat is covering them, first of all. Second of all, it's more beneficial to think about training your core as a whole, which is your entire trunk. So from the from your pelvis, essentially, up to... So from your pelvis all the way up, I mean, this is our core, and your core, part of your core is your back too. So we want to train our entire core unit as a whole and not just training abs with the intent to keep our abs. Are your abdominals part of your core? Yes, but they are not the full picture. So just wanted to clarify that, but that is the final question of this little Q&A. I hope you guys enjoyed it. As always, happy to answer any further questions you have. I will put my Instagram in the show notes always checking DMs there. Um, But hopefully you learned something and hopefully we can start to dispel some of these pregnancy myths that are still just, they just don't want to give up, which is understandable, but that's why we're here. So thank you for tuning in and I will catch you in the next episode.